welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Uh, you? And week one is in the books. It's come. It's gone. Toodaloo. I came, I saw, I conquered. Oh, that's nice. That sounds like a nice rumpus night in the, uh, in the sack there for you. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, you know, it happens. Three leagues, three wins. Three for three, huh? Yep. I don't know. And that was one of the things I wanted to count up before we did the show to see how many wins I got. But I know I was above, I was about 80%, I think, mm. right around there. I did pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, I think I went 50-50 into the Dynasty Nerds Listener Leagues. Um... In the redraft leagues, I believe that the listener redraft leagues, I think I went 50 50, and I think I only lost two of my other games. Hmm. It's a pretty good week. You're in too many leagues. I am in too many leagues. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, realized, I've realized that. Maintaining that on Sundays is uh, it's a lot, but uh, they're fun. And the biggest thing is uh, in my high stakes league, we changed this year, the highest scoring team every week gets paid cash. Like we raised entry fee in, in the high stakes league, and then. They voted on it. I voted against it, but whoever had the highest score in game of the week got like twenty five bucks. I think it was nice. A little uh, extra bonus incentive there, huh? I voted nay. That was the highest scoring team of the week. Jackpot. Yeah, I'm already a winner. <laughs> the year just started, so I feel good about that. Uh, it was an exciting week uh, from a dynasty aspect. We, you know, we learned a lot. We saw a lot, but I mean, the key here too, guys, is is to remember, it's only week one, man. We, no no rash decisions. No. It's going to take a few weeks to really settle in and see exactly what you have with a lot of these players. Yeah. I mean, remember Demarius Thomas for the first couple of games last year? People were freaking out, and he did terrible, and he finished as a top five receiver on the year. Same thing with Tom Brady. Everyone was trying to replace him. Oh, I was. I, was, I think I wrote about Tom Brady for like six weeks in a row, how terrible he was, and he was done, and he was washed up, and he came back, and he was like, in your face, Rich. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, thanks, Tom. I mean, I can still really remember somebody um, – tweeting me asking if they should get rid of Tom Brady to pick up Austin Davis. I remember that. And I was like, thank God, no. We're, we haven't reached that level yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I got the same tweet. I think uh-huh. I, that rings a bell. Uh-huh. Uh, but again, it, it's week one, week two. We don't, we don't have to worry about it. It could be you know, somebody like Adrian Peterson knocking off Rust. It could be scheme. It could be matchup. No need to flip out. No need to make rash decisions. No need to bench people. Uh, no need to cut people or make drastic trades. No, if somebody had a good game, that's different than comparing to have a bad game. But at the same time, don't jump to conclusions. Right. Which you'll see today in our sell high column, uh, somebody that we're going to say, sometimes you got to capitalize on that. you got to capitalize on, it's going to be in our buy low and our sell high. We'll do those in the middle of the show. And at the end of the show, make sure to stay tuned for our sleepers of the week. Ooh. Last week did pretty good. Yeah. We, uh, we told you to grab Deion Lewis and play him if you did. Yeah. It worked out pretty well, I'd say, right? Absolutely. Dan Lewis had a hell of a game out there in New England. Caught a lot of balls. Looked really good, looked really shifty uh, out of the out of the backfield. And they, they kept saying, this guy didn't play last year. I'm like, I want to be like, Al Michaels, we talked about that in a podcast already. <laughs> Come on, Al. We know you're a fan. I was going to say, it's because he's a listener. He's a listener. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, last week we talked up Bishop, uh, Dion Lewis, and it worked out pretty well. We talked up Danny Woodhead as a sleeper of the week. Worked out pretty well for you if you started him. Yep, absolutely. Other guy we talked about was Eddie Royal. Didn't really work out too well. Eddie Royal, yeah, we were two for three, which uh, isn't too bad, right? Hall of Fame if we're uh, bad in Major League Baseball. <laughs> 
basketball style. Exactly. So right, right. we're doing pretty good aspect. It just didn't, I mean, Eddie Royal got banged up. It just didn't really work out there for uh, anybody but kind of like Alshon. Yeah, Alshon and obviously, you know, Forte went kind of nuts. He, so. he did really well. Yeah. Somebody that you might have slept on just a little bit as you getting older and stuff. Uh, but that's what an older guy expect to do. Have a really good early in the year. Let's see how. Let's see where Matt Forte is at the end of the year. Well, you know, it he was looked re- terrific. Though I was gonna say, what was surprising most about that is, is I was expecting him to have a different production because he wasn't gonna catch as many balls. Mm-hmm. But I, and and he never really rushes for like a ton of yards per game. It seems Not like this week, yeah. And then then boom, he kind of hits you right in the mouth with the first the first week. And, and he looked good doing it. Sent up his blocks, everything. Right. He looked really well. Uh, it's good to be a Forte owner. I am a Forte owner. So it's good to be you. It's good to be me. <laughs> Story of real damn, life. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. So we'll have some of those. Uh, we'll have some of those gangster sleepers at the end of the year. At, at the end of this show, hopefully we go three for three and not two for three. Yeah. But if you had those guys, it uh, it worked out pretty well. And I know I got a couple of tweets saying, "Hey, thanks for the Dion Lewis heads up." Yeah. Help right. me out. Yep. So that worked out pretty well. Um, and like I said, we'll have our sell high and buy low player for Dynasty as well in the middle of the show. Now let's start off to uh, Carlos Hyde. Wowzers, right? Yeah, 168 man. yards, two touchdowns. Looked terrific, man. He really did. Had a 30-plus fantasy point game in PPR leagues. Uh, remember, everything we talk about is PPR. Right. If you're doing a PPR, you're doing it right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but he looked really, I mean, his first touchdown, he looked fantastic. Uh, you know, he did a, he did a, he did a little spin move right there and rushed 10 yards to the left and got up, got up there and scored a touchdown. Looked real well. That's right. And, you know, Carlos Hyde, there was a lot of people in the offseason, you know, saying, hey, sell Carlos Hyde, sell Carlos Hyde, he's unproven. And we were like, hey, hold the horses. This is our number one rookie running back from last year. And, you know, we explained it the way we explained Carlos Hyde, if you go back and listen to the old podcast, was, you know, now that everybody else is gone and the whole ship's kind of blown up and Colin Kaepernick's, Kaepernick's not good, is they're going to have to rely on Carlos Hyde to win. Right. Well, guess what they did yesterday? They ran the heck out of the ball and relied on Carlos Hyde to, to win. To win, and he looked really good doing it. Now, granted, he was unproven, but I mean, this was a guy we talked about. Obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm an Ohio State fan, and right. Matt's an Ohio State fan. You spent time there on campus, yes. And uh, you know, we saw Carlos Hyde's entire career, and we knew he can catch the ball. We knew he was a good runner, and he was good in open space. And now, granted, it's just one game, so we're not like, oh, Carlos Hyde's the best fantasy running back. Well, he was this week. Uh, in the world, but again, for everybody that was able to buy a low on Carlos Hyde, it worked out really well for you. I, I expect more of that all year long. I, th- I see him as a running back one the rest of the year. I think he's going to be a top-end talent throughout this year. Because again, Colin Kaepernick, if you have listened as well, is we th- I think he's terrible. Right. I mean, you do. You do. I, I have a little bit more faith in him than you do. Um, but yeah, he does have accuracy issues, which obviously tends, you know, to be not good in his favor, but I think issues is like it's 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 a little understated how bad his accuracy is. I mean he he makes his living his legs right. are his fantasy right. value. He's got a rocket of an arm, but he's just not accurate. Right. And, he, and honestly, he doesn't even have the receivers there to bail him out. You know what I mean? He doesn't have somebody that could you make that big time play. I mean, Torrey Smith was non-existent there. Uh, none of us were excited about Torrey Smith going not to San at Francisco all. at all. He's a big play go downfield receiver doesn't really work out well with Colin Kaepernick's game. Well, uh, well, Kaepernick could get it down there, but a Kaepernick's not accurate and B Torrey Smith has issues catching the ball. So I just, it's not going to be like a great match. I don't think. No, the only, the only value I see in San Francisco is Carlos side. Right. And they're going to ride him and they're going to ride him heavy. Uh, and that's the way they're going to succeed. And it was great. It was just great to see 
you know, somebody like that we touted last year as our number one running back coming out and somebody that we liked a lot throughout the offseason when other people are selling do well. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll admit that I had a few questions about their offensive line, but obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, they pulled it together and they're, they're going to be playing that physical brand of football still. So it's good. To, it's really good to see for Hyde owners. For yeah, I was really, really excited about it. D- again, just because I'm a Hyde fan altogether, and then to actually see him have success work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Carlos Hyde owner, and you, or you, can, I mean, there's no way you're getting Carlos Hyde shares. I got a text this morning. I have I have multiple uh, Carlos Hyde shares in my dynasty leagues, and people are like, "Hey, what's it going <laughs> to take to get uh, Carlos Hyde off you?" And I'm like. He's not for sale. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> one of the exact test text I got this morning was like, but dude, you got tons of running backs. I'm like, well, then ask for one of those other guys because I'm not selling you Carlos Hyde. Right. Oh, so here, let me give me you my best, my best young running back because I have a bunch. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, what, what's it going to take? I'm like, well, dude, this is, I took this guy with my first round pick last year. You right. know, and it's, I, I'm like, because he's like, what's the price? I'm like, you can't afford it. That's what, That was my exact <laughs> response. I was like, you can't afford it. You don't have the assets. <laughs> yeah. I looked at his team. Well, he has Amari Cooper. Right. And I, and I thought about saying, hey, and I'll probably text him later. Like, I rethought him. Like, I'll give you Hyde for Cooper straight up. That's what I'm thinking about telling him. Because I would do that because I can't afford it. You know, I got Latavius Murray. I got a lot of the running backs. But none are, like, really young, good running backs like Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm a little older at receiver. Right. So I would do it. I, I, you wouldn't trade Carlos Hyde for Amari Cooper straight up. Not after last year, I just think it's easier to get a wide receiver than it is to get a running back. I disagree. Not a Mari Cooper's caliber. Right. Agree to disagree. Agree to Don't disagree. Don't roll your eyes at me. I just you... totally did. Oh, man, I hate you. <laughs> um, so moving on to another first-round running back from last year, a lot, yes. a guy that took a lot of flack. Yeah, yes. And that I had as my number one running back. Oh, he was your number one running back? Yeah, you always say that we had, you know, Carlos Hyde, but in fact, it was you and Mike that had Carlos Hyde as the well, number one. I listen, had Bishop Ranky. You did have Bishop Ranky. And I've since been way down on him, but he, he showed well in this I'm first bad, game. I'm bad, baby. Nah, I mean, I'm not going to, yeah. I, hey. He's, Bishop he, moves in the checkmate. He looks like a player. I mean, like a guy that can actually function. He averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Right, which is way better than last year. Then he looked completely lost. I'll tell you what. For somebody that, if you listen here, and we all know the big nickname, if you've been listening for over a year, Bishop <laughs> Ranky, I still have people tweet at me like, dude, you're mispronouncing Bishop uh, Sankey's name. I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's, a it's inside an inside joke. joke it's a, that's for all the old podcast listeners. Right, they right. all love it. Yep. Um, but Ranky, for me, it's, I mean, we talked about it kind of in the preseason. Hey, this is somebody that might, he's kind of looked okay here. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to rely on him to succeed. I mean, because Terrence West ain't looking very good out there. Right. I mean, obviously running behind the same line, Terrence West came, kind of came in at garbage time when they were up so much, and he only averaged 3.2 yards. He's a dancer, Terrence West is. So, um, you know, Bishop, I think, is going to have a hold on it for at least a while until uh, Cobb comes back, and then we'll see. By then, Sankey may have established himself. I hope he could, I, and, I, and I hope now because it's weird because Terrence West got more carries than Bishop Sankey that game. But I mean, they, it was at the end of the game and it was cleanup duty. Yeah, it was it was total mop up duty. They had pulled Mar- Mariota and everything, you know. So it's I'm excited to see Bishop. I'm I'm really my eyes are on him. I'm really intrigued yeah. on Bishop Sankey because he's. It seems like last year was terrible, right? But now that he has a QB, maybe better receivers around him. Maybe it's coming together. And, I mean, he, he was able to catch the ball really well out of the backfield in college. I mean, he only caught two passes for 12 yards, but I, I, could, I would expect that to be pretty consistent where he's catching at least two or three balls a game, which is nice PPR value as well. Correct. He had four targets, caught two of them. 
And again, I mean, 6.2 yards per carry. It's not like he had one big run. His, his longest run was 16, 16 yards. Yeah. And he looked good. I mean, I watched, I watched a lot of his play in there, and he looked, he looked good because I know the Browns are playing him this week. Um, I know we're going to go here in order to and talk about like we're in quarter, uh, running backs now. We're going to go to receivers next. But you know, also I want to back up the Marcus Mariota train real quick because we were like, he's the greatest rookie of all time. Right. I thought he looked good. I was, I was impressed. But at the same time, he had four touchdowns. That's great. But he only had 209 passing yards. It was efficient. But he looked good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying people are like, ooh. What? I literally had somebody who, in my redraft league, they like, dude, do you think I should pick up Marcus uh, Mariota and start him? I'm like, no. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> he had a, the 158.3 QB rating. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Start. I, I should be like, yeah, you should. Pick him up. <laughs> yeah, drop Drew Brees. Pick him up. Start him. I'm like, no, man. It's just, remember he's, remember he's this, people, He's going to have highs and lows. This yes. Is rookie all rookie, yeah, yep. Jameis Winston won't be terrible all year. And then uh, and remember this too about the Titans, you know, before we crowned them too. They won their first game last year and they ended up with the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Yep. We'll see. So I still think they're a bad football team. I mean, I think they obviously look a little bit better in week one than they did at the end of last year. And then does people remember too who who's your competition? They played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who happened to have the first pick in the draft last year. They are terrible. Yep. They are terrible. So let's see. I'm intrigued. I know the Browns looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Break my heart. I've never been so pessimistic going into his season as I am right now for the Browns. But at least the Browns have a much better defense than Tampa Bay. I know it didn't look that way last week, but let's see it. Let's see this week. It's going to be a little bit tougher with our secondary against for Mariota. So I'm excited to see Mariota in person next week. I'll be there. Awesome, man. I don't know how – I might be a little bit sober because I'm not so excited about the everything. So There's um, not much to celebrate. No. You could drown your sorrows, though. I won't be seeing two of Marcus Mariota's. No. I'll see one. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, Bishop Sankey – Look good. Terrence West, not so good. And, again, let's. I'm excited to see Bishop Sankey going forward. His dynasty stock is rising. Again, where we have him on the rankings, then you might – he might be somebody you might want to try acquire now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it won't, probably won't be that easy because somebody invested a high draft pick into him last year. But maybe for the right price and for, like, an older vet that you – you know, somebody like a Joyke Bell, which you won't be able to make. That's not – it's just somebody like him. You won't be able to move Joyke Bell for Bishop Sankey. But somebody along those lines, maybe even somebody that's doing really well that could be do good all year, like our sleeper last week, like a Danny Woodhead for Bishop Sankey and take chance on youth and for somebody that's really kind of up and coming. So I like I like I would like the acquisition of a Bishop Sankey if I could. I, I would say go out and get him if you can, but I'm not sure, like look, you said earlier, that, that you'll be able to. Look at how I've come around. I mean, I'm even calling him by his full name, I, Bishop Sankey. I can't believe it, man. People change, man. I, they do. They change. They do. I'm a changed man from where I, was, where I was one year ago today. And speaking of changed men, um, Isaiah Crowell looks like a changed man this year. He looks like a complete turd. Uh, <laughs> you mean like his 1.7, uh, 1.8 yards per carry that he had? I, here are my notes for Crowell. Crowell equals turd Ferguson. What? It's a funny name. What? It's a funny name. <laughs> what? It's a funny name. How are you going to argue it? Yeah. Give me a giggle first. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's re- no, totally, yeah, he looked terrible. Totally looked like Duke crap, Johnson man. didn't look explosive, but again, I mean, at least Duke has missed all the preseason, right? Uh, so he has a little bit of excuse there. But Isaiah Crell, I'm telling you what, I mean, that's why I was saying, you know, at the end of last year and this all summer, I was kind of preaching, hey, I'm not really giving up on Terrence West because I don't, I'm not still all in on Isaiah Correll. Uh, to me, he looks like he can be just another guy in the NFL, Jim. not suitable to be a starter. Definitely with all this talk about how good the Browns' offensive line is supposed to be, he's yeah. supposed to be the guy. Jets' defense is tough, though, at, at the same time. But he just looked really bad. 
Yeah, no excuses, man. I don't want. I don't want to hear something like that. He just looked really, really bad. I mean, Marshawn Lynch went against uh, St. Louis's D line. It's the best D. I mean, Aaron Donald looks like he's one of the best defensive tackles I've ever seen in my life, and he still had plays. So, I mean, I don't think Marshawn was out there. Now, I'm not comparing him and Isaiah Correll, but I mean, come on. If you're only averaging a yard and a half, a little over a yard and a half per carry, you're good to nobody. And mm-hmm. a lot. Of, and I told people, and I feel bad if you text, if you tweet at me, and you're like, hey, I, and I told you to start Isaiah Correll because of opportunity, which I told a lot of people too sick because the Jets D line was going to focus on him. Still, I'm sorry, man. I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. I won't ever make that mistake again. But, I, I mean, if you're a Duke Johnson owner, you have to be happy because it, it's only a matter of time, most likely, that Duke Johnson's going to be the lead back there instead of Isaiah Correll. I don't know. It, uh, hopefully that's a conditioning thing or, or, like, just not being in football shape for Duke Johnson. But he didn't look all that great either. No. Nobody on the Cleveland Browns look no. great. Nobody. Oh, God. Don't get me started. If you ever have a sit-start question and one of those players is a Cleveland Brown, I'm taking everybody that's n- not a Cleveland Brown. Unless, doesn't matter who it is. Unless they're, like, Oakland Raiders or... Mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the <laughs> Raiders. Yeah. yeah. One of those guys is going to have the first pick. Um, so moving on, Andre Ellington hurt already. Yeah, man, that that hurts. I mean, it was it was his PCL. Yeah. So they, they just a like, couple weeks. Yeah, just a few weeks. Yeah, right? it's not too Nothing long. Nothing that's going to need maybe surgery. Just, yeah, maybe just this week, right. possibly. Uh, so if you're Chris Johnson owner, he's probably going to get to start. But at the same time, I mean, like, are you really going to start Chris? I mean, I guess desperation have to, for sure. is a stinky, stinky cologne. But um, they're going against Chicago. Yeah, you smell that? And that's desperation. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're starting Chris Jones. Um, yeah, it's Chicago played pretty well this past weekend, so I don't know that I'd want to really start him anyway. But. Yeah, Allenton's somebody... I mean, this is probably going to be the story of his life. You know, just, he's, he's a small back, gets banged up easily. He's always banged up. You hate to see somebody like that get banged up early because it was kind of like there's all these questions in the offseason about Ellington and where he's going to go, what's his future there, and who they're going to bring in. They bring in nobody and give him a clear-cut job there. And then here it is, week one, PCL injury. To me, this is one of those obvious situations. Not obvious, but this is one of those situations where he's never going to be fully healthy and they're going to end up moving on. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. Or cut back his carries to he's like a third down back, pretty much like a Danny Woodhead. Yeah, I don't even know, man. I just, I'm not sure. He, he just gets a lot of nicks and bruises and PCLs and. Yeah, so for dynasty standards, what I'm looking to do with it, if I'm an Ellington owner is, I'm waiting for him to come back from this PCL injury. Hope he, hopefully he puts up a couple good games. Somebody by then, you know, midseason will have a running back need. Somebody else is going to get hurt and then kind of sell high on him. Just something I'm not really. I'm with you. He's always going to be banged up. Somebody you can't count on. And again, if not even in like dynasty, not in regular fantasy football, if you can't count on somebody, right? You know, like the, you know, the, you know, Bill Parcells always said, the best, best ability, ability is availability. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, same thing. If you have a player like that at the end of the year and they can't help you when you get to the playoffs when it matters most. You know, I don't, I don't need you on my team. Right. You know, I don't. The, like we we talk about all the time. Like nothing's worse than having a guy that's inconsistent in your lineup that you don't know what you're going to get out of on a week in week out basis. Now you don't know what you're going to get anybody on a week in week out basis, but something that's shown you that has a clear cut path of inconsistency. Right. And, and and I I I want to formally apologize to um Dynasty Nerd Mike who's not here today. Because I know he's a big Allenton guy, and he's got him on some of his teams. Oh, he t- oh yeah. I lost in Dynasty Nerds League uh, to Mike. I played in Week One. You did? Yeah. He had but, like a bunch of people out, right? And I had Gronk. Wow. And I had Gronk. Wow. I, it, 
I, I haven't beat I haven't beat him in two years. He's in my division. I haven't beat. I told him I was, I was like he because he texted me. He's like, man, he's like, okay, I have Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, I got Andre Ellington. Right. I got RG three. Right. And he had somebody else too. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, your team's terrible. And he, he tweets back, like, not terrible enough not to beat you though. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, and I'm like, dude, this is so weird. That I cannot beat. He only beat me by a couple points, right, but it's, right. it, it's how it's always been. He like beats me by a couple points, and I'm like, he's like, it is weird that you can't like beat you beat everybody but me. And I'm like, oh, f you, dude. <laughs> So I'm own one in the Dynasty Nerds League. Uh, F you go root for I'm Buffalo. Not, I'm not worried about it, though, but, yeah, it's, it, it hurt. Hey, those division games are huge, man. I don't know. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. They screw me over every year. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the third highest scoring team again and missed the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to uh, a guy that we have to talk about here, Tevin Coleman. Right, right. Looked pretty good, right? I think so, yeah. I'm going to have to uh, probably eat a little bit of crow here. I think um, maybe it's... Devontae Freeman's just getting back from his hammy, but Tevin Coleman looked faster through the hole. He looked better. He just looked like a more capable running back in week one. So hopefully that doesn't, you know, continue for my, for, for my sake. But, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman, I think, looked good. I think he can be the guy there. Yeah, for being his first start yeah. in Atlanta against Philly, 20 carries, was a clear-cut guy there, had twice as many carries as Devontae Freeman, 20 carries, 80 yards, 80 yards. for a 4.0 average. And he just looked good out he, there. He did. He I mean, good. that was the thing. I mean, Freeman had three catches for 29 yards, but it, it looks like Freeman's role with the Falcons is going to be that third down back, spells Coleman, and with a couple more good games. I mean, Coleman, Coleman, like we said when he got drafted, is a good fit for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. He's a one-cup runner that gets upfield. Atlanta's bringing in Jake Long on the offensive line as well. Atlanta's, Atlanta's offense in a whole looks significantly better. And, again, that's what we saw Tevin Coleman do. He right. did one cut, get up field. He, he took what was there, and he looked good. He, he just, he's just nothing beautiful, nothing fancy. He just gets up field. And I think he suits that offense well. I think he's growing to it well. He's, 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 he's going to be the man, yes. I literally, like, watched him blow um, what? a blitz pickup. Excuse me, that was a bad time to pause. He blew like a, a blitz pickup pretty. <laughs> Somebody bad. for one second was like, "Who'd he blow?" <laughs> so I mean, I don't think he's there completely yet, and and there is going to be a role for Devontae Freeman, but I, mm-hmm. I I do agree that it's going to be mostly passing, passing down type of stuff and pass catching. Des- he'll be a desperate start in your fantasy lineup. He'll, I think he's going to end up being like one of those what the heck flexer flex guys. Mm-hmm. Just throw him in there and hope for the best. And and yeah. and the worst part about it is, you know. He had his ten carries. He only got eighteen yards on those carries, and he had some negative plays too. Oh, I saw him. He yeah. got tackled multiple times. I mean, he's just not big enough to beat. If you get an arm on a guy, that's that's it for him. Right. So Devontae Freeman's stock is down. Tevin Coleman's stock is up. Freeman is stock is down, where he's literally probably only got value to the Tevin Coleman owner. And somebody that we were kind of worried, like, oh, it looks like Te- Devontae Freeman's going to start there. It's not looking at good. things change pretty quickly. Yeah, man, that hamstring injury really killed him. That's a situation where, like, when you say week one, don't overreact or anything. It, to me, that kind of seems to be what it's going to be. When you saw them both on the field, though, it was pretty evident that Tevin Coleman just plays at a different speed. True story. There but around that game, let's talk about the running back situation. Somebody that I was really wrong about was Darren Sproles. Man. Boy, guy's, guy's still electric. It, it's amazing. He led the team in rushing. He had mm-hmm. five carries for 50 yards. Uh, his long run was 27 yards, but you know, not only that, he's still a viable option in the passing game. He had nine targets, second on the team in receiving, seven catches for 76 yards, and still looked really good out there. Right. 
Now, it's not very often that you have a team where there's three running backs on there you can consider starting. But you can start all three of those guys. It looks like, look I mean, like. Yeah, it looks like they're all going to get their work in. Um, obviously, I don't think DeMarco Murray is going to have nine rushing yards going forward in a lot of these games. So Terrible game for DeMarco. It was really bad, man. Him and Ryan Matthews. You know, DeMarco averaged 1.1 yards per carry, and Ryan Matthews averaged 1.3 with a total of 11 carries between the two. But th- here's my thing with DeMarco. The dude didn't play at all in the preseason, right? No. So he's just starting to get fresh. He's just trying to get his legs underneath him pretty much in this first game. He's warming up. He's warming up. And the fact that, I mean, they are running almost exclusively out of the shotgun, which is something that he's not used to doing until, you know, except for going back to his days in college. So it might take like a few games for him to get used to that kind of running, not behind like out of the eye formation, behind a fullback and all that. Now, let me ask you, your DeMarco Murray owner helped you win a championship last year. Obviously, him leaving Dallas was sad enough news, no matter what it, as it as it was. Now he's in Philly, and you know they bring him Iron Matthews, but you're like, hey, no worries, it's gonna be Demarco Murray. Now that we've seen it one weekend again, it's just one week, but there's, it's got to be as a Murray owner, it's got to be deflating. It, uh, slightly, but I really do think that the crazy Chip Kelly was trying to ease him in a little bit too, because he hasn't played literally at all in the preseason. And it's it's going to be pretty hard to go from not playing at all to playing all this up tempo ball. So I think right now they are splitting carries, uh, probably a little bit more evenly than they're going to be going down the road. Yeah, we'll see again. I'm not trying to conclusions either, but it just seems like right now it seems like a pretty lethal three headed backfield. Right. And obviously that's now you can play all three of those guys, and now at least this week they all scored touchdowns, and Demarco salvaged his in the passing game coming away with another touchdown there as well. Um, right, right, but the one thing Brian I, Matthews looked good there too. He did, but the one thing I want to say is Brian Matthews dropped like a critical swing pass where he could have been running for about fifteen, twenty yards, and he just flat out dropped it. So I think those kind of plays are going to start swinging more towards Demarco, mm-hmm. and obviously it's Sproles is Sproles, and he'll be a, he'll be a big part of the uh, passing game. But if they have a big back end, I think they're going to be trying to do the, do more of those pass plays to Demarco because he has a proven track record of being able to catch those passes and go for yards. And I'll, and I said, I'll you crow next. I, 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 for me, Sproles just fell to the wayside. I thought with Al Galore, Jordan Matthews in there, Zach Ertz being healthy and with Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray, I just kind of thought it like would push Sproles to the side, but it didn't. Right. He's a very in, you know integral part of that offense. It looks like, and he will be targeted again. He had nine targets, second on the team in targets, had the second most receptions on the team, second most receiving yards and led the team in rushing. Uh, Darren Sproles against Atlanta was a nice, nice fantasy start. And hey, man, if you own them for something that again that fell by the wayside, something you kind of you're going to be able to play. Yeah. Uh, really good flex play or running back too. Right. As I say, you probably just plug him in at running back too. Yeah, which is great when you have a guy like that that you know is going to be active in the receiving game, a la Danny Woodhead. Uh, you can get in there and play. So Darren Sproles isn't really on our sleeper list this year at the end of the show, but he's somebody like if you're not thinking about it after week one. Definitely somebody you want to play uh, going forward. I think I think he's definitely got a role. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead. We're going to talk, sit here and talk about Danny Woodhead. Yeah. One of our sleepers last week had a really, really good game. Uh, again, outperformed Melvin Gordon. So if you made that play, that, that was a pretty good one. But we told you to start Melvin, Danny Woodhead. If you did, it worked out for you. Yeah, man. Two touchdowns is really, you know, where he got the, the major boost. That and obviously the receptions, the four receptions. Um, and I was surprised. I, uh, 
you know, obviously you're flipping around to a bunch of different games and uh, I come in and, and San Diego is right there on the goal line and it's Danny Woodhead punching it in. Like I, I didn't see that, like him vulturing goal line carries. So I did think about that because they, they like to use Danny Wood in the, re, in the red zone. I, I kind of I thought about that early when I almost made a switch, when I made a flip-flop on Danny Woodhead for a play. It's like, I think, I think they're going to use Danny Wood in the red zone. And I know I read something up on it where they like to use Woodhead mm. in the red zone. Uh, well, I can't, it I, shows, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, they almost split carries evenly. You know, yeah. Melvin Gordon had 14, Danny Wood had, had 12. This isn't going to change. This, You know I mean? They're going to... They're going to work Melvin Gordon in. Uh, Melvin Gordon will slowly probably get a little bit more carries as it is, but Danny Woodhead's going to be an integral part of that offense as well all year long. Somebody that I mentioned last week not only was my sleeper for week one, but he was my one of my sleepers of the year, and I think that's going to hold true the entire season. I think he's going to be somebody who's going to be a running back too. Again, this is somebody that finished as a top 12 fantasy running back a couple of years ago, and he was a top 13 the year before that as well. So he's somebody that you're going to be able to play uh, on a weekly basis. Danny Woodhead's a great play. Melvin Gordon didn't look as hot, only averaging 3.6 yards per carry with 51 yards. But again, it, I'm not I'm not overly worried about Melvin Gordon yet, but I do need to start seeing something from him soon because right across the table, you had Amir Abdullah, who led the uh, Lions' rushing attack. He looked significantly better because he averaged 7.1 yards per carry, seven carries, 50 yards, uh, second in the team in receptions with four, 44 yards in receiving as well to somebody who's who we've always said all along. He's is only a matter of time before he takes over Joyke Bell in a, in a in a starting game there in Detroit, and it looks like it's already happened week one. Another guy I was wrong on. <laughs> Keep him coming. God, man, all these tiny running backs are killing me. I can't. I always pick the scrub ones, and then I'm I'm backing the bad ones, and then I'm dogging the good ones. I guess. Me and Mike like the Maribola. I, I know. You guys are right. I was wrong. Yes, that sounds so good. Yeah. So, yeah, Mary Abdul looked great, looked explosive. Again, 7.1 yards per carry. Joyke Bell is just going to be somebody that we weren't big on all year. It looks like, you know, I think even they named Joyke Bell the starter, it's just a mere title role. He's the guy you're going to start. I mean, again, somebody could start every week from here on out. Amir Abdullah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's going to have, obviously, he's going to have uh, way more value in PPR there, getting him involved. You know, four four targets, four catches for forty four yards is is that's great bonus yardage right there. And seven, I mean, seven carries for fifty yards with a long of twenty four, that's nice, man. And and there'll be more of those. Right. And he should be about good for a game. You know, for like one of those big long runs. He's a big and, he's a big big play guy for sure, man. And then you know, and it was also we were going back to San Diego too. It was good to see Melvin Gordon come away with three catches too. Yep. So he did. He was targeted three times, caught all three balls, only for sixteen yards, but still. Work in progress with him. Work in progress. Right. And that's what we got to remember about Melvin Gordon, too, is that he is a work in progress. You know, he's he's a big play explosive receiver, but has a lot to learn in pass protection, the passing game, and also about hitting that line and going and not being as, you know. In, in Wisconsin, with that good line and less superior talent, he had time to question himself behind the line of scrimmage and make decisions. Now he's just got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Uh, moving on to receivers. Out there, yeah, in this same game, right? We're going Keenan Allen. Oh my God, man! Now he's somebody that we've we've liked for a while. Raise your hand if you saw 15 catches for Keenan Allen in Week One. Nobody's got their yeah. No one's got their hands up, man. That's amazing. But at the same time, we were somebody. Remember, I remember in the summertime we specifically at some point in what show I don't remember go back on, but we talked about Keenan Allen and how he's actually even though he had a sophomore slump, his reception went up last year. Uh, 
So he actually had his touchdowns weren't there right. last year, and that's what hurt him. But his his year wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was, and we expected a nice third year for Keenan Allen. That and would, he, I re- definitely remember. I can't remember the episode, but it was me, you, and Mike all talking about Keenan Allen, and we were all on board. And lordy, lord, lord, if yep. this is where we're going to see. Wow, because I mean, what a game, man! He had 17 targets, caught 15, caught 15 of them, 166 yards. He as long as 21. He had no touchdowns and still had a monster game. Right. And what, what I liked about it is he was all over the field. He looked good with the ball in his hand and after the catch. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one of those guys that you, you anticipate, like you were hoping to get wide receiver two numbers from. These are the kind of guys that are going to win you a championship. Right, absolutely, man. So I think Keenan Allen, I mean, he's always been on the burner. Like He's always been like, you know, as in startup rankings or anything, like a wide receiver two we've kind of had him as where he might be the one player that we always have those players there in the middle that take big jumps at the end of the year. This might be the guy that takes that big jump. He might be the guy that finishes and enters that wide receiver one kind of territory out there with Phillip Rivers. Yeah, seven, eight-ish in the wide receiver rankings, maybe even a little bit higher. And he, may, he might be one of those guys. Again, we talk about guys that, you know, you have to pay a lot to get, but in the end, it's worth it, and it's it's worth the price you pay. He might be one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and now again, after coming up this week, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hard to get him. But I mean, we we want to remember this week and see how it goes going forward. If he has like maybe a down game here and there, somebody might be able to try to get because I think he's right. I do. I after after watching that game, I watched that game a lot of that game, and I was the whole time I'm like, man, I think I think. I think the light is there for him. I think he's ready to take that step and become a wide receiver one. He looks good, man. Obviously, he's not going to be catching 15 balls a game, but he also didn't catch any touchdowns that game. So, I mean, it's really doable for him to drop six of those receptions or, you know, not drop them, but lose six of those receptions and then have a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, all you do yeah. be a wide receiver one, catch nine balls, 90 yards, right. touchdown here and there. Even when you want to catch a touchdown, you're still scoring double-digit points. Right. It looks like he's about to be a consistent double Double-digit guy. Their feet, obviously, I mean, Philip Rivers is looking for him. 17 targets. No one else on the team was even close. The next closest guy is Stevie Johnson. Who had a good game. Who had a, had a good game. Somebody solid, else we've been talking about all year. game as well, yep. Uh, Stevie Johnson looked good in the preseason. It translated over somebody that you were able to get. I think I, I, there has to be a point, because I know I've been talking amongst people that have been asking me, like, give me a receiver that I can get late. That's gonna give me production. I kept the the one name that kept coming out was Stevie Johnson. I'm like, you get right. Stevie Johnson. You know, I was like, no Antonio Gates there. He's gonna be the number two. Malcolm Floyd's so old. You know, well, Ma- yeah, Malcolm Floyd came out and said, "Hey, this is my last year." When people say that, that's like, I'm done. You might as well just glue factory the guy right there. You know, I'm just here for a paycheck, man. Right, exactly. I'm just trying to get one more year of NFL money. So Stevie Johnson's probably gonna finish as like a high end wide receiver three this year. I could see that. Might sneak into wide receiver two numbers all year long. So if you need receiver help, and now Stevie Johnson just signed there too, so it's not like he's going anywhere time soon. Stevie Johnson might be one of those guys that you can get for kind of cheap and for like maybe like a young up-and-coming name or just a name. And Stevie Johnson might be a guy that you can acquire because somebody's, somebody's still not sitting on him that might help you win a ship. Definitely if you're like a, a Des Bryant owner, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and you need receiver help, maybe like Stevie Johnson's a guy you kind of want to go after. I could see that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we always say just we fill the void yeah. until until Does gets back. And we talk about making trades like not going after the big trade all the time. You want to make some of those middle trades and medium trades. Stevie Johnson fits right in that category. Sometimes he's, he's gonna give you really good production, really good production, 
for a really good cost. Absolutely, man. And it might and again, this might be a good dynasty play. It might not be a good, you know, this isn't just a short-term play. This is a long-term play. We're talking about a 2 to 3 year window play here on Stevie Johnson where you might get really good return on your money. I agree. I like the Stevie Johnson. So, I mean, buy low is one of our buy low guys, which will lead into our second guy almost here is probably, you know, I think Stevie Johnson's a good buy low. What do you think? Um, Even though it's kind of high right now, but I, I was, think for I, his I value. Was, yeah, I was going to say. I, I, buy high. Buy, buy high on Stevie Johnson. Yeah, I mean, obviously you could have bought him lower before this week, but at the same time, the, the guy might just want to cash out on on the one good week, and he, maybe he doesn't see long term that he's going to be putting up these kind of numbers, uh, you know, for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, six for eighty two would have been a low d- double digit scoring game, but again, you got to love those, right? Yeah, man, you got to you got to have that on your team every once in a while, you know. Okay, um, to Calvin Johnson on the other side of the ball. Ouch. Ooh, yeah. Ouch. Two catches, thirty nine yards. Here's the thing, though, too, though. You know, it's not that you can have bad games. He was only targeted four times. It was. It seems like a weird. I mean, like Golden Tate got targeted eight times, but only made four receptions for twenty-four yards. So I, I, I'm telling you, and that's one of those guys I've been preaching all year. When Calvin Johnson's in the same game with Golden Tate, Golden Tate doesn't do anything. Clear, clear example right here. I, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know, man. It was. It just seems like it, nobody had any big stats in this game, really. Eric Ebron. Well, Eric Ebron. Yeah, he did all right. He led the team though. You know, yes. As, as with only four reception, fifty-three yards, and touchdown, that's not like just a weird. Yeah, it's it's a it, this was a weird game. I'm chalking this up to week one weirdness. Okay, I can live with that. Again, I'm not saying anything like I'm not sell Calvin, sell Calvin. Right, but right. it was like if you're a Calvin owner, you're pretty depressed. You, like week one, healthy, two catches, forty, you know, thirty-nine yards. Come on, Cal. I mean, yeah, it's obviously a disappointing week one, but. You know, I'm disappointed. Even even Golden Tate, I think that I think there's enough balls to go around between you know Calvin Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, and Eric Ebron, and Amir Abdullah to really get them all involved. Well, it's, it's that's that's the name of their game. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Let's talk about Des Bryant. I am a Des Bryant owner in two of my three leagues that I'm in right now, and it that burns. burns and I got burns. him in the league that you don't have him in. Yep. Uh, and it burns, burns, burns. Like a ring of fire. And I actually, uh, now, I think I would have done this regardless of the big game. I, I, re, I re-updated my dynasty rankings, which I'm going to do every week. Uh, so I did it uh, last night. I went through and redid my dynasty rankings. And I have moved, who I currently had Dez number one. I moved Julio to number one, which was always close to me. I said I flip-flopped anyways. Moved Antonio Brown to number two because I think that's where he belongs. A uh, guy that never gets hurt, real consistent, will always provide for you. Again, that stat where he had at least five catches for 50 yards in like 13, however, X amount of straight games. It's just, he, oh, yeah, ridiculous. He's money. a model of consistency, the model of a lot of fantasy points. So he moved him to Dez to three. And we also have Dez as one of our buy low players of the week, strictly for the fact that now I noticed that they would expect him back hopefully here in six weeks. Tons of information. Everybody else that has suffered this injury has missed about 12 weeks. I was going to say, there was the original four to six week timetable, and then now that they had the surgery, they came six out with eight. eight. I saw eight to 12. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, they doubled it. So, hopefully, on the it's on the low end of the higher scale, and hopefully, it's just eight weeks. And he's going to be somebody that's going to pretty much miss the entire fantasy year. Well, I mean, yes, and but if you're a team that can stay afloat and without him, you know, like my team's good enough where I have guys I can plug in, Ooh. and I might be getting them back 
at perfect timing. Yes. For the playoffs. He's going to be somebody that can win. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to lead into that where he's going to miss the whole regular season, but he's going to be there for you for the playoffs. So hopefully you can get by without him. Right. Uh, but And that's what I mean by low. Somebody's, if somebody really wants to win this year, they may be willing to sell Dez for somebody like, I don't know, A.J. Green. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, where he's a really good player, but you're getting other. Say, say you have a really good receiver, but you probably can't win this year. And you want to upgrade, not a lot, but a little bit, to Dez, it might be something you can do. I mean, you, obviously, you wouldn't just, you're not saying AJ for Dez straight up, right? No. You, you'd have to, like, top it off with something and as get well. Something, yeah, and maybe, right. it, here's the thing, you might be able to, that's the thing, you might be able to get a little bit more out of it. Like, right. fair value and a little bit more, like Dez and, like, a running back. You know, like a low, you know, something along those lines, or a draft pick as well. But that's a trade. Like if you if you ever wanted Des Bryant, now's the time to might do be, it. Yeah, it might be the only time. But and definitely if you're going to lose. Now this I don't provo- you know I don't promote losing by any means. But if you have a team that's kind of in the tanker already, you're not going to win, and you have one good receiver along those lines right now. Even like maybe like Keenan Allen, you have. And you want to flip Keenan Allen for Dez, and your team's already kind of bad, and you're in rebuild mode. Well, once you get rid of Keenan Allen, you bring on Dez, who's not going to play. Well, guess what? You're going to lose more games. You're going to have a higher draft pick. I could see that scenario being something that I would I would advocate, but the other one seems a little bit too crazy for me. Which one? The, the AJ Green one. I mean, I, I think the person with AJ Green wouldn't want to just give AJ Green for Dez Bryant. No, I wouldn't either. I'm AJ Green owner, but right. so okay. So let's back it up there and go maybe like a Keenan Allen. Uh, not even, maybe like a Randall Cobb, right? You know, some of the, someone, someone that's really good, but they're not as good as Des Bryant. Is, not. Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like you're not moving. You, you can't go in. You're not going in offering uh, Stevie Johnson for Des Bryant. You know what I mean? You're not right. going in there along those terms. But somebody who's like maybe like six, seven ranks. You know, maybe five ranks behind Des Bryant, where you're obviously getting a better receiver here, right? But you just have to wait on it. Right. Like, so buy kind of low right. ass. Like, like as of right now, I'm I I am a Des Bryant owner. Obviously, if someone before this week was like, "Hey, I'll trade you Keenan Allen straight up for Des Bryant," I would laugh at their face. And one week later, one week later, you know, now you're if you're if that's like the only way you can win a championship is to fill that void with another really good wide receiver. Maybe now you're thinking about it. I yeah, can, I can see what you're saying. Cause you're looking at it where you're still getting a really good player. Right. The fan, the differential on the fantasy points might not be that much on a weekly basis anyways. And you already, you were a championship caliber team. Anyways, it might be the way to go. Right. And am I doing it? I wouldn't do it. I'm still not doing it. Yet. Yeah. I wouldn't do it personally, but there's going to be people out there that will do it. But yeah, but like I said, I have enough good wide receivers to keep myself afloat. So I don't, I don't need it. Sell it too. Like, oh man, she you knows screw in your foot. That's hard to come Ooh, back. Oh man, I bet you that's gonna be painful when yeah. he tries to push off on those cuts. Yeah, you ever uh, step on a Lego? <laughs> oh yes. Men to get a Lego yeah. insert in your foot. This is oh, a screw. You just back and you're like, screw you. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, screws, uh, Julio has got a screw in his foot, right? Julio. Speaking of the guy who moved up to my number one overall rankings, I tweeted out to you. The number one dynasty asset out there is Julio Jones. God, God, I love Julio Jones, man. He should have been in Cleveland Brown. You are such a week one uh, overreactor. No, I'm not overreactor because <laughs> I was going to have. Do, I, I considered doing it beforehand, and I'm I've just, had. I've, I, I, I'm documenting for saying Julio and Dez. I flip on a weekly basis, yeah. but Julio Jones, nine catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns, looked amazing doing it. 
looks great. He's explosive. They're they're going to force feed him the ball. Uh, there's nothing not to like is Julio. He's somebody, if you're going to build your dynasty team around, if you're doing a startup draft, he's absolutely the guy I want to take number one overall. If you took Antonio Brown number one, too, I wouldn't really argue that as well. Uh, but Julio is more explosive, bigger receiver, good hands, love him. There's not much more I got to say. No, um, he, the guy's amazing. Yeah, I don't think we need to touch on it too much more. He, he's he's obviously. Where do you have Julio in your rankings? I don't remember right off the top of my head. No? Okay. No. Yeah, sorry. You going to update him this week? Yeah, 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 yeah you need to. Uh, who, you should put him number one wherever he is. <laughs> That's where he should so, be. You don't tell me how to rank my rankings. I'm just telling you how to rank it. So Julio had a great week. Offset Jordan Matthews, 10 catches, 102 yards on the other side of the ball. Right. Everything we kind of hoped he would be. He's going to be, again, somebody's going to be forced to the ball. Gonna be, he's ready to take a really big step this year. Somebody that we loved last year coming out. Uh, we had him right behind Mike Evans mm-hmm. for our number three overall rookie, and he's making us look good. Absolutely, man. You know, when he, him did and that, Cooks. he did have that boneheaded play where the ball went right through his, his hands, hit his face mask, yes, caromed into the air, and was picked off right at the end of the game. And but it's a boneheaded kinda, play. That kind of happens. happens right. And, you know, he had 13 targets, caught 10 of them, so you got you got to be happy with that overall. You know, average of 10.2 yards per catch. Looked really, really good. He did. Uh, and some of it's only going to get better as him and Sam Bradford build a rapport together and it's Chip Kelly offense. Jordan Matthews, wide receiver one. Great investment if you got him last year. What a draft class last year was. Um, an- another just quick little side note, Roddy White, um, four receptions, 84 yards on eight targets. And um, he didn't look bad. You know, like he, he, he came, he had uh, some rough, rough stuff going on with his knee last year. He was constantly getting it drained. And he did have a surgery to have like a little bone chip removed from his elbow. So he didn't play at all in the preseason. So I think, I mean, I think Roddy's got another year in him where he'll, he'll put up decent numbers. Uh, he's not on our list here of Selgaha guys, but I would put him there. I completely surpassed him. Looks like I do in all my Roddy thinking. I want nothing to do with him here. Uh, again, I think he will slowly break down as the season goes along. So if you can get something for Roddy, uh, this is what you're hoping for. Some production here early kind of hope that you can get some something in return for him because he is again he's just somebody the injuries with him is they've been getting worse and worse and building up again i don't even see him playing i see him getting hurt again i guess is the best way to put it okay well i hope you look good i hope he can last um between eight to twelve weeks (laughs) because i've got him on my team and now does went down so i'm gonna have to like streamline him and golden tate and you know couple other guys in my in my wide receiver three i'll give it to him he looked good he's yeah. somebody that i was down on like if anybody asked me should i start roddy white or i'm like or you know what i mean yeah. so but he, he did look good right. uh kendall wright looked really good absolutely man you uh, know him and him and Mariota have had that report all preseason and he came away with a really good game only on four catches had four targets too but caught all four of them for 101 yards and a touchdown right on man looked pretty good looked really good somebody that was a former first round pick that is going to be I think as long as him and Mario are together, I think he's going to be a consistent, which is kind of weird, too, that he had a big 52-yard pass because it's not really like his forte. You know what I mean? He's like more of a possession receiver, not as fast, but he, he obviously right there, again, it's against Tampa Bay, so I don't see all those big plays consistently coming, but I do see him being a target monster there in Tennessee all year long. Yeah, me too. Um, I agree, uh, Kendall Wright, you know, obviously just kind of like a slot guy, possession guy. Um, I think he does play on the outside a little bit as well. But um, one thing I wanted to touch on in this Tennessee game and kind of get your opinion on was the total lack of DGB. Non-existent. Right. Like, didn't see a target, didn't see, like, 
I figured only four wide receivers, you know, he would at least get a sniff of the field. And... Well, when you keep four tight ends on your roster, too, I mean, yeah. Again, it was they got up big late, but then again, you thought maybe because they Gar- did get up big late, he'd get some garbage time, time playing. Yeah, yeah, garbage time, nothing. I, the reason I'm not concerned about it, I'm not really, I don't really cares because i think dgb's a long-term play anyways right he is raw really raw uh so maybe you know he showed up really good in practice make some of those plays but he probably just doesn't have it down mentally yet the playbook you know all all the he has a raw his ability his talent's never the question right it's can he get out there and produce an nfl level and we all know Tons of people get out there with the raw talent i.e corderell patterson that just can't put it together and play the nfl level I'm nowhere even remote. I'm still big on DGB. I still think he's gonna be a great dynasty play. Again, I think we're gonna. Need, I think this whole year is a need for him to develop, and I don't think we're gonna see a return on DGB honestly until maybe middle of next year to year three. Till we're like we're really happy with what we like. Okay, here he is. This guy's like a top end receiver. Right. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping that somehow it comes together by the end of this year. I could see that. I don't. I don't know about year and a half, two like two full years of just sitting on the bench. Doing just trying nothing. to cover myself here, man. Yeah, I, I could see. I could see probably closer to the end of the year type of projection from him. Yeah, and I and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, ah, I bet I, I could see him by the middle of the year really getting there starting. Right. And by the end of the year, like he, people are gonna be picking him. Like next year, he's gonna be. I have a feeling when it comes to DGB, I have a feeling like we're gonna be talking a lot about him in the off season, and he's gonna be one of those guys that like. Next year is going to be one of those hype train guys. Hot, and then, hot name. yeah, he's going to like in all the redraft leagues, he's going to go way higher. And he's going to be either the guy that go, ooh, yeah, see, told you. Or like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? Bus City. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Um, let's talk about Sammy, right? Sammy Watkins and what he did. Uh, what did he do? He got targeted once. Oh, hey. Hey, hey, there you are. Get no points for targets. No <laughs> points for targets, unfortunately. Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvin had a big game. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I love Sammy to death. It's a little worrisome. The guy was only targeted one time and he didn't come away with the ball. The guy that, again, I think they said they're going to be targeting different receivers each game. That's troubling. I hate that kind of crap. Yeah, it, it just worked. The, the Buffalo situation for Sammy just looks, it just keeps getting worse. It's a problem. It, just keep, it keeps getting worse. Yeah. The talent's there. I'm still, I still love Sammy. Still my Twitter avatar. Uh, I'm still all in on him as well. But he is slowly starting. I'm like, okay, okay. I can't. I can't trust you, I can't Sammy. trust him right now. Right. Uh, again, it's week one. I'm, he's put, one, he's I'm, put, I'm dropping him in the category of not even worried about it, not even giving it attention. Yeah, don't don't start him until he proves it at, at this point. Yeah, I mean, the situation with Tyrod Taylor, who we'll talk about here in a minute too, but yeah, I, I'd kind of, right now, it, it sucks because he was the number one guy in the whole class that we love the most, and now it turns out that he's, production-wise, like at the bottom of the barrel of that class of the first round. I know, man. So... But the talent's there. Again, I was going to say, not it's not talent-related, though, at all. Yeah, and right. I'm still not worried. I, let, let's see. They're going to have to find – they invested a lot in Sammy as well. And not only did you do for your dynasty team, but the Bills did as well, giving up the future first form as well. And I think Sammy will be integrating offense more, and they will find ways to get him. Definitely if the, the run game kind of breaks down as well. Uh, out there as well, we have to talk about James Jones. James Jones. Our sell-high player of the week, James Jones. <laughs> uh, James Jones came out, of course, this, you know, he got cut off, didn't, got cut from New York Giants, and what does he do? He goes to the Green Bay and scores not one, 
but, but two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Look at James Jones uh, out there. And I, I texted, I tweeted somebody. I'm like, of course he goes and does that. Right. Four, yeah. four catches on eight targets, 51 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. I think here uh, it's just more about being familiar with Aaron Rodgers. I don't see this going. I don't see this. I think it's, he'll be one of those guys up and down. I think he's a perfect sell high player of the week. You could probably sell the point that, hey, he's going to be the guy there that, that Jordy Nelson's out there. Randall Cobb might be banged up. Uh, but at the same time, Devontae Adams led the team in targets, tied James Jones with four receptions for the second most on the team. But Devontae Adams led the team in receiving yards with 59. It really was the touchdowns that put James Jones over the top there. Four catches, 51 yards. Again, I'm I'm selling high in James Jones. I, somebody that you may have, may have picked up your waiver wire. It was in a very back burner of your league on your roster. One of those guys. I'm selling what I can get for it. If I can get a second round pick, I'm happy for it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, man. Because I I honestly, like you said, it, the guy, the differential with him this week was two touchdowns, and that's something you can't rely on week to week. No, never. I mean, they're going to be spreading those touchdowns around like crazy all over the place. And Adams' touchdowns will go up as well. Again, Absolutely, he was yeah. he was heavily. Adams was the number one target on the field, right? And that when you when you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball, that's going to start leading to production. I think Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb are two guys to really own there. I agree with you. Those so, are those are my two guys to own as well. Sell high player of the week. Uh, we have a couple of them, and just a couple by I mean by two. And James Jones is number one on that list. Sell, sell, sell. Get what you can. James Jones. Thanks for coming. It was fun. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Peace out, sucker. <laughs> uh, Tyler Lockett. Okay. If you get return yards in your league, and they yeah. kind of, you know, he's the guy. This is the guy you want to own. Looks explosive returning punts. And, you know, there have been reports that he's going to be a part of the offense, that he's going to be integrated in the offense. And sure enough, on Sunday, who actually makes some plays? Tyler I mean, Lockett. Yeah, four receptions on, on four targets. So he, you know, catches all his targets, 34 yards. And then he had the big the big punt return for a touchdown. So. I know Mike was really big on Lockett coming out of Kansas State. Like he really liked him a lot. So did, yeah, so did I. And I thought he was good, but it, he's been one of those. He's going to be the guy that you took in the third round when you look back in a couple of years. Some of the guys that went in the, like third round, and we always say it's gonna be like one or two guys that kind of hit. He's the guy. He's going to be one of the guys. Man. He's one of the guys. I got him in the third round in I think two leagues. Nice. So, yeah, the RSO League, I, I think it was the third. It, it might have been the second. Or the okay. Third. I mean, Jermaine Curse led the team in targets there, and then Doug Baldwood second, and obviously you have Jimmy Graham. But I think Tyler Lockett, somebody who they really like, as he learns the offense, is going to become a reliable option. Will this translate into be startable in Dynasty? I'm not jumping into those conclusions yet. Yeah, without return yardage or, or you know return touchdowns as part of your format, he might not be there quite yet. But it's encouraging because – they said they were, that you know he's going to play all over the field, and he did, and he got targets, and he made you know he cashed them in. Yeah. So if you're going to keep your eye on somebody and somebody that maybe like I don't know how your taxi squad works or somebody that might be on your waiver wire, definitely a really good stash in Tyler Lockett. Yep. Somebody who you want to mark, you want to have a note on, and you really want to pay attention to because he might be somebody not right away, but in the long term that can be help your dynasty team in the long term. Um, let's move on to some tight ends. Okay, Travis Kelsey. Remember that. Remember that I was telling you about his uh, surgeries last week. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I still said he was gonna have a big game. Even though I wrote he was in my sit column for the week. God, I look like such an ass, man. Yeah, you do. You oh, actually put that in a in I put writing? it in there. Oh, just because man. I'm an idiot, that's yeah. why. I oh. mean I my well my start sit column is, you know, I write the not so obvious starts and sits. So I'm not gonna tell you to start cool you know what I mean? I try to go out on a limb and tell you to sit good guys who right. I think might have to get bad games. Yeah, the very nature of that column is you're way out on a limb. Yeah, so. it's a dynasty start sit mostly is what it works out to be. Right. Um but Travis Kelsey beasted. Looked like Zeus, punched so, the ball. Six receptions, 106 yards and two. Count them. Two touchdowns. Yeah, he was right there with uh Gronkowski in a week for big games. Uh, again, I mean that what I, what I talked about last week is he's having a really good year. It's just it's a long term play there. I correct me if I'm wrong, but you're um, wrong. Didn't I start him against you in the RSO league and win? Did I lose in RSO league? Yeah, you lost. That's the one thing I didn't check. Yep, you lost. To I me. lost to me. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm gonna double check that. I won in all three of my leagues, and I played you. Hmm. All right. Sounds fishy. I thought I was winning that league. Who do you have? Do you have somebody going last night? No, I don't think so. I won. So. Well, F you for winning. Yep. Damn. So I didn't, maybe wow. I lost, and it's another wow. league I lost, and I didn't even realize I was in. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. I always forget about that. It's like, it's a one, and if you haven't checked it out, realitysportsonline.com, great, really cool auction site to run your site on. Uh, love it. It's a, but it's like the one league I have that's not either on MFL or Yahoo. Right. And I have one on ESPN. But like I try to keep, I always like to learn my leagues like on two formats. So like when I open up my leagues, they're all right there. Like I try to learn all my redraft leagues on Yahoo, right, and all my dynasty leagues on MFL. So damn, three one step. Remember, guys, if I win that reality sports online league, some one of you is getting a free T-shirt because I'm wow. gonna pick a winner. Wow! But so far, we're one step, cl- one one farther step away from that T-shirt. <laughs> You guys can blame Matt for that. If I win, I'm just keeping the winnings. <laughs> Remember that, guys. When you guys, when you guys have to decide who you want to follow on Twitter, Rich or Matt. You know, I'm only following one of them. Yep. I'm gonna give you a free T-shirt. Well, I'm not gonna give you anything except for some good advice to actually help you win games. Well, if I keep <laughs> if I keep this up, I'm not gonna be able to give anybody a T-shirt. Uh, moving on, Eric E. Ryan that we talked about earlier, four catches, uh, 53 yards. One touchdown on five targets. That's five what targets. I really that's yeah. what I really like there. He had five targets, came away with four catches. His biggest concern is his hand. This was a guy that, you know, two years ago or last year was a top six usually dynasty pick early in the year, going as high as four. Uh you have a lot invested in. The three year window here, and I kinda want to talk about this is you think it's a good idea to like you know, like Ebron, everybody's kind of down on Ebron in the offseason. He had a really, not, not that wasn't a really good game, but he had 15 points. But again, you can't count on touchdowns all the time. He le- I mean, he led the team. And targets as well. Buying tight ends that were high picks, because we're going to talk about Eifer here too, like in year two. Or at, not even maybe in year two, like at the end of the season. when Because, you know, it takes three years for tight ends to really come on. Absolutely. Like all those high picks, like Tyler Eifert. I mean, talk about somebody that blew up. Tyler Eifert had nine catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think Eifert's talent has ever really been in question. I just don't know. I mean, right, that he can stay on the field, I think. But anyway, get back to Ebron. Sorry. Again, I mean, he looked really good. It kind of goes to my son. I want to talk about him and Eifert together. Is in like, you know, Eifert's in his third year. Ebron's in his second year. Right. Ebron maybe depends what he does the rest of the year, but might be somebody you want to target. 
at the end of this year. Yeah, I, I understand. For a big year next year. You're kind of saying, like, by year two, if a guy hasn't produced, maybe the owner is starting to get a little impatient, and then they're willing to move them before their big year three breakout. Is that what you're yeah, trying to Yeah, people are quick to move. You know? Okay. Because you got Eifert pretty cheap this offseason. Well, yeah, the guy's been banged up like crazy. and uh, Yeah, and, and I see what you're saying. Now, now that he's in year three, he's kind of showing that, you know, what he can do in, so far in week one, at least. Yeah, like, so basically... You know, the high, like Max Williams this year. You know right. what I mean? He was the number one tight end. Hasn't done Mo- crap. And, yeah. Right. Monitor those high tight end picks right. and kind of monitor them, keep your eye on them. And then at the end of like year two, going into year three, buy. Right. You know what I mean? No matter what they've done, no matter what. I mean, obviously, if they've done nothing whatsoever, but kind of like, and see if the price is right on those guys. It, and eventually, you're probably going to hit on one of those guys to take a big step forward because yeah. if their teams haven't replaced them or you know haven't like phased them out of the offense completely, the the, the you know obviously then they're still planning on you know they're part of their future. And Ebron was a top ten pick. Yeah, I I, I was NFL. Pretty, I was I was pretty surprised that um, Ebron had issues with his hands last year. I think that he was just thinking too much and his head was pretty much just swimming. Which which happens to a lot of tight ends, and that's why they take them three years. So right. They have so much more to do than right. just catch balls. And uh, again, it was a really. They said the most encouraging thing was five targets, four catches, fifty three yards, and a touchdown. If you're an Ebron owner and you invested a high first round pick on it, you're really going to be really you're really happy with that. Again, one game, not judging, jumping to conclusions, but a really good start for Eric Ebron. Terrific start to the season for Tyler Eifert if you're an Eifert owner. Again, some of you probably got in the late or your first round of your rookie pack picks year three years ago, if not like very high second round. I know we went with the last pick in our first round. But again, monster game for Eifert. All preseason long, they're talking about this is a guy that's uncoverable uh, during the preseason. has has been doing really well. So again, if he can stay healthy. He's going to have a monster year. Yes. yes. But, I mean, that's obviously his biggest thing is just staying on the field. Yes. Um, and our final sell high guy player of the week, tight end, uh, Jason Witten. That's the man. Yeah. Um, and the thinking behind that is basically, you know, with Des being out for the next eight to 12 weeks, I mean, you might be able to actually stretch this out and, and wait a few more weeks of good production on Jason Witten and then sell him. But you kind of have a window coming up here to unload Jason Witten when he's really going to be gobbling up a ton of these targets. And it, I mean, really his values never going to be higher than it is in the next few weeks because once Des gets back obviously his targets are going to go down his receptions are going to go down and then really the, his value is just going to decrease from here he's pretty old and yeah considering how old he is this might be the best time to just sell high on him a guy hoping you know like just trying to fill a hole here a tight end for the for this one year go on his last little championship run or something like that try to sell high at so uh, high yep i agree I, I obviously we agree we talked about it um but yeah i think jason witten's a good sell high player as well i'm with you on that again i think he's gonna be targeted a little bit more here and i think we did a little injustice earlier when we didn't mention when des was hurt like hey who rich well des is hurt who do we start now cole beasley terrence williams are gonna be the guys there yes i agree i think devon street will get worked in a little bit sneaky play devon street yeah devon street what i say smith no, you're right. No, but I'm saying sneaky play there because he's he's Des Bryant's backup. Right. You know, Cole, Devin, not Cole Beasley. Terrence Williams starts, but Cole Beasley's the third receiver. It's Devin Street who's the backup. Uh, big play receiver, big guy, real tall. Right. So if if he's on your waiver wire, Devin Street might be a guy you kind of want to go out there and pick up. Yep. Um. All right. Let's talk about a couple sleepers, as we will every week end the show with our sleepers of the week. First one. 
Um, Jericho Cotchery. I was going to say, I didn't know where you wanted to start. Jericho, yep. Yeah, scored, scored a touchdown this week. Listen, this is a guy, I mean, really everywhere he goes, he seems to score touchdowns. He doesn't have like a ton of maybe yardage every year. But, I mean, he's always in, like, that six to 800-yard range. But he seems to always find the end zone. Two years ago, he scored double-digit touchdowns. Right. I remember, because that was a big stat we gave in Austin. He's like, wow, you know, Jericho Cotri, he scored double-digit touchdowns. Uh, I think it was the Steelers. Yep. So, again, not a, yeah, not a big play receiver. Uh, but, again, there's nobody else there. It's Ted Ginn Jr. He's not good. Corey Brown, he's not good. Somebody's got to catch the ball. They're gonna they're probably going to blanket Greg Olson. Jericho Cotri is going to be the guy that's going to be scoring touchdowns. He's going to be targeted. Again, I would not be surprised if Jericho Cotri finishes as a solid wide receiver three at the end of the year. Yeah, I, so. I agree. And, and you know, obviously that's kind of going forward. But, I, I mean, I would say if you're in some sort of desperate mood, I, I, I would play him next week. I, yeah, again, he's on my sleeper list. He'll mm-hmm. be in my column, I'm sure. And he's just somebody that you're going to put out there and hopefully can score a touchdown for you. And they're playing Houston this week. So... They have a good run defense, so they're going to be boxing up Jonathan Stewart. Carolina's likely to be down all year, so they may have to be playing catch-up. Uh, and, and with the pass rush that Houston has, too, they're not going to have, they're not going to have time to force the ball down the field. And Kachiri, I think, plays, possession well, receiver. plays well into that with it being a possession receiver. So one sleeper of the week is Jericho Kachiri. Start him. Start him, man. Next sleeper of the week is Ladarius Green. Yeah. Tight end, San Diego Chargers. Had a nice game. He definitely did, man, and obviously with Antonio Gates being out, you know, for the first four weeks of the season with that uh, PED suspension, he's just going to be out there even more, and then he's going to have the start and roll, and obviously, I mean, I'm not telling anybody anything new there, so um, I think everyone's kind of hip to the Ladarius Green uh, bandwagon in, in the Dynasty community. It's, it's about his turn again, yep. same window. It's time for him to kind of take that step forward here, yep. and they're playing the Bengals. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to keep up. They have, you know, Geno Atkins up the middle. Again, with that rushing game with uh, Melvin Gordon, we know what's going on. Ladarius Green uh, won't be double covered by any means. With no. Stevie Johnson, Keenan Allen on the outside. Should be open up in the middle. Should have another solid game and definitely a threat in the end zone. I mean, yeah, five receptions on six targets, 74 yards and a touchdown. That's a really solid game out of your tight end. Yeah, love it, love it. Ladarius Green, uh, sleeper of the week at the tight end position, Ladarius Green. And our third and final sleeper of the week is Lance Bass. Hey. <laughs> Lance Dunbar. <laughs> um, Eight catches, 70 yards. Gotta love it. Yeah, man. I I, I think the way that they're using him um, in Dallas is he's kind of soaking up all of the receptions that um, went out the door with uh, DeMarco. Yeah, I, think- I mean... Darren McFadden having really wasn't targeted really in the passing game. Uh, Joseph Randall's that's not his game whatsoever. And Dunbar came in there when they were down. And this week they face the Philadelphia Eagles, which I mean is going to be they're going to score points, high pace game. Yeah, they're going to be scoring some points. They might be playing catch up quite a bit here in, in Dallas for this week. And with Des being out, I mean they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. So they're going to be probably spreading the ball around like crazy, which probably means a couple more targets there for Lance Dunbar. Exactly, you're going to get wide receiver production in PPR league at the running back position. Who cares if he gets no rushes? Again, eight catches for seventy yards. Solid, very solid. That's the kind of production you're going to use. And if that's going to use them all year, nice sleeper this peak this week against Philadelphia. Um, I think he's a solid play there. If you're desperate running back, say you have Andre Ellington, you need a running back play right there. Lance Dunbar is a good play there. I agree, man. 
And that's it. We're already uh, getting ready for week two. Crazy, man. Tomorrow, man. Thursday night, football is back again. It's a, right here. Week two starts. It just makes you realize like how quick it goes. The season goes along. Like, it's all oh, week one. We can't wait for to get here. And it's like, oh, what happened? Football's over. I know, man. All the Browns got the first pick in the draft again. <laughs> what the I, hell happened? Oh, man. Yeah, we don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the Browns. I'll be there Sunday. Oh, well, have fun. I will. Drink, you know a, drink a lot. That might be the only... Uh, I think I am going to. Only way to have fun at I that I think game. I'm going vodka tonics and really getting loose. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Good luck, uh, good luck with that hangover on Monday. I don't get hangovers, man. Oh, well, look at you. It's weird, man. I don't get hangovers. <laughs> never really have my entire life. I, I get tired because I like, drink too much, but I don't get like I never. I don't really get hangovers. That's a super bonus, man. Yeah, it's just I'm blessed. You know what else I don't get? You know what I've never had before in my entire life? I know. You know, but for my audience, I've never had a nightmare. Yeah, weird. Isn't that weird? I, and I think it's me because like I grew up like watching scary. Like I had those parents that like, which my wife doesn't like me to do with my kids, but like I grew up like watching zombie movies. Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like really little was like my favorite movie ever. So yeah. I grew up watching like I was like I think when I first saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street I was in like kindergarten, dude. I think real little. Yeah, right. My yeah, my parents were you know my mom wasn't I guess you know that strict so right at least parents. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I grew up like those were horror movies have always been like my favorite movies and uh, I've never had a nightmare in my entire life. Hey man, not bad. And I, want, and I think it's maybe because I want one. Like, I want to be, <laughs> which is crazy. I want to have a crazy scary. Yeah, dude, I'm almost 36 years old. I've never had a nightmare. No idea what they would feel like or what it would be like to be super scared. I just don't really get, maybe because I'm, like, so carefree. I don't even really like nothing. I don't care about anything. I'm just like, my wife yells at me all the time, like, you don't care about anything. I'm like, no, not really. Nah. You, like, you, you, what you're saying, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat. It's, everything's the small stuff. There you go. There you go. It's one of my favorite sayings you ever told me. Yep. Told me that, like, 10 years ago. Yep. So, uh. That's it. That's that's my that's, and now you know Rich a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Never had a nightmare. Never. What was the first thing I said? I don't remember. You don't care anything about. I me. don't even pay attention <laughs> you, to you. <laughs> in one ear, out the other. I've known you so long. I don't even pay attention. <laughs> I'm anymore. like, you know, it's never had. You're like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's week one. Um, if you want to support the podcast and you want to support the site, that's right. This stuff costs us money. Oh my god. You know, we got to pay the writers. Mm-hmm. We got to pay for the podcast. Yeah. And it costs money. If you want to support the podcast and you want to support the website and keep this great show going, the best way to do it is to buy Dynasty Nerds t shirt. That's right. We need to sell two shirts every month to pay for the podcast, which we've been able to do. Yeah. Which is great. But we, you know, the more shirts we sell, there's less people out there who want to buy shirts. Christmas time is coming. Christmas time is coming. Hey, maybe we'll get some new colors for Christmas. Maybe we will. Maybe yeah. We should, yeah, maybe we should start selling different shirts. Give these uh, people that bought shirts different options. Yep. Ooh, you you have the gray one, but you got the red one. That, I, we actually drew up some prototypes, and the red ones look pretty sweet. They did look pretty cool. Completely, they're like they're so out there. What I liked about it too is like the nerds. It said nerds like was white. Oh yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, maybe we're gonna have those new prototypes. But if you have always thought about buying a shirt, which we get people tweeting me all the time, like dude, I'm, I think I'm close to buying a shirt. It's like pull the trigger, man. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't keep any money that goes to the site. It all goes right back into the site. Uh, our number one goal is to provide you with the best dynasty content we possibly can. And the more uh, money we can do, the more writers we can pay, uh, and the more podcasts we can do. Yep. Keep this thing going. Yeah. We don't make any money from this. Sadly. We do it for the love of <laughs> dynasty. Sadly, we do not. All the money we get, we just put right back in the site. Yep. Have not spent a dime. Not I was a dime. like, how much money are you making doing all this, all that stuff? You got... You got thousands and thousands of listeners. How much money do you make? I'm like, 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't you worry about Make it. Make me a sandwich, <laughs> wife. I've never said it to my wife, by the way. No. Um, but So if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do it, honestly, is to buy a shirt because, again, it helps out the site financially. If you want to support the site for free, and that's to help us get out to more people to listen to, is get on iTunes, rank us, and review us. Again, we are the number one ranked Dynasty podcast, thanks to you guys out there. But, again, there's 140, 39. I, want, I need one more person to go out there and rank and review because I had the OCD. Every time we're close to something like that, like, I'll freak out when we get to 3,980, like, followers on Twitter. I'm like, come on, just 20. I need to be 4,000. That's yeah, how I am. Right. Um, so if you can rank or review us again, you guys don't even know how much that really helps out the podcast. It puts us at the forefront of every regular fantasy, dynasty, anytime anybody looks for fantasy, that's where it helps us out a lot as well. So if you don't have the cash to spend it, if it's not first of the month, Go ahead and get out there and give us a ranking review on Pi- iTunes. Right. Buy a T-shirt. It just helps more listeners, and then you know who knows? Maybe that other person will buy a T-shirt, and that's like the same thing. Hey, new guy. Yeah, <laughs> you never know, man. <laughs> give me your money. <laughs> um, and then obviously, another way, obviously, to support the site is actually using the site DynastyNerds.com. Get Absolutely. on there every week. Our writers have been killing it. Yep. The articles that have been out there have been awesome. Shout out to all you guys out there. Um, I'm not going to say your name, all 10 of you guys, but you guys know who you are. Our writing staff, make sure you follow them on Twitter. Uh, make sure you get on there and read the articles. Get on the forum, interact that way. If you got like start sick questions you want to get like 10 people's opinions on, put them on the forum. Um, really good guys on there to get on there every day and give you good, honest reviews right there. And obviously, we have our rankings on there as well. So make sure you use this site as well. All right. Did I just sell out? Did I sell? Did I sell good there? I think you sounded pretty good. Please, please. I got kids to feed. <laughs> we got kids that we, <laughs> we don't feed. <laughs> uh, so that thanks, guys. Uh, hopefully, week two you come away a winner. Uh, if not, blame it on Matt. What? <laughs> it's coming from the guy that beat him. Uh, you can take my advice. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Reportedly. I'll be back with you guys next week and let you know what really happened. Exactly. Until then, good luck. Hopefully your favorite team comes on top. Oh, comes on top? Or bottom. Either way, you're still coming. I always Uh, come on top. (laughs) I'm a winner. (laughs) So, all right, guys. Until next week, have a good one. We'll be back next week. Oh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter and ask me anything on Twitter, follow me at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And remember, Mike's still out having a baby. If you want to follow him at Dynasty Nerd, Mike, hit him up. I'm sure he's lonely sitting there. Yeah, he would love, he would loves new followers. He does. He'll cheer him up. And right now he's just surrounded with a, a postnatal wife and a three-week-old, two-week-old baby. Yeah, I'm sure he's just trying to get some sleep at yeah. this point. Tweet him, tweet him, tweet, tweet him. Tweet, tweet, tweet. All right, guys, up, have a good up. one. We're back next week. Later. Late. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.